Good evening, Rock Harbor Church. Good to see you tonight. Good to be back at God's house again. Good to see everybody. I'm going to go ahead and begin the service. We're going to just start off with a quick prayer. Um, continue to remember Judy. Hold her in prayers. Pastor ain't going to be here tonight because she's in a lot of pain tonight. So continue to remember her. Remember our country. Um, if you got somebody on heart, just raise your hand. I know we got a lot of sensitive stuff that's going on in Rock Harbor Church. And I know not all of it can be voiced. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for tonight. And just the opportunity, God, to bring our petitions before you. Father, we love you and we thank you, God, that we can even bring them. Father, we just pray, God, that you touch each individual, God, that these hands represent. God, each life, even if, it's, even if the hand represents the self. Father, I pray, touch the individual, Lord, God. I pray a move tonight, God, just to move and, and bring a spirit of peace, Lord. I pray your anointing upon every sick individual. God, we speak healing in the name of Jesus. We speak recovery in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray peace tonight upon the mind. Lord God, if anybody be mentally strained and stressed, we speak peace tonight. And Father, thank you, Lord God, for another opportunity to praise and to worship your name. And we ask it always in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Ain't nobody like Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> now look at the words that we put up here. We'll say this and we'll dismiss the kids. Let's look at the words that flashing across the screen. You know, and it's nice to have words so we know what it's what it's saying. But those words don't mean anything unless you believe them in your heart. That's right. Amen. Unless you truly believe about the king that you're singing about, it doesn't really matter. And God has been really dealing with me about, about issues of the heart, and I'm not going to get into that. We'll, we'll save that for another time. But what is going on in your heart matters. Amen. And it matters above more, and it matters more than what you think it does. And, and if, if you see those things on the screen, if they just flash, if it's just an ability, uh, an ability for you to follow, so you can kind of keep track, but you don't really have anything in here, you might want to double check yourself. Make sure that what's going on here connects to what that screen is saying. Amen. When it's talking about praise and it's talking about being in love with him and it's talking about all the great things that God is, do you really believe that God is as great as the words that flash across that screen? Amen. There's going to come a day that God's going to double check. He's going to, he's going to do a check. He's going to see what's going on inside your heart. Amen. He's not going to care whether you showed up to church. That's not going to matter. Say, well, I'm safe, right? Because I come to church. No, you're not safe. It's about what's going on in your heart. Youth, check yourself. Check your heart. Make sure your heart is right with God. Uh, the uh, plates are at the back for the uh, missions offering. If you guys have anything for missions, you can give that on your way out. Waylon, go right ahead. Second Saturday service this Saturday. Second Saturday service uh, this Saturday. Yeah. I'm glad we could... Uh, Glad we could be there for a way. We almost wouldn't. Yes. Parents send some snacks. Send some snacks. Steaks, pork chops, yeah. or sandwiches, whatever. Yeah. It'll work. All right. Well, thank you for that. And with that said, kids, be dismissed to your class. Enjoy yourself tonight. I want to point you to a couple places tonight. Let's go ahead and start in Matthew. Are you guys okay with me without the mic? Yep. Is that okay? Okay. First, I just want to share briefly just a couple things that God has been laid on my heart. And, and 
it's uh it's not just i say lay it on my heart that's not going to do it justice god has been really dealing with me about this particular topic and, and i've been getting confirmation on it that i'm hearing correctly and um i kind of want to start tonight like this what could cheat us out of heaven that we might not be seeing what might cheat us out of heaven that we might not be seeing and God had begun to deal with me about this and about the unseen things and, and um, the things that we often bypass. And I'm not saying that you bypass this. So when we get into this, you may say, oh, yeah, I've already, I've already taken care of that. This is one of the things that I personally need to stay reminded of. Because if there's anything that I've realized, you know, I can have revelation. How many of you have had a revelation before? God showed you something. I've had God had to re-revelate something to me that he'd already revelated to me. And I'm like, I'm ashamed. He had to re-revelate it to me because I went off and forgot. And I, and I let it kind of go to the back. And that hurt me, but I was glad he was reminding me of it again, of, the, of its importance. If you've ever been, like in this congregation, you know that there's something awesome that goes on with the Holy Spirit and the way that he does the messages and the Sunday school lessons and there's this connection. You can draw these lines and we're not even, we're not even planning it out. It just comes out. Um, the other day, and I don't even remember what it was exactly, but Pastor had said, I mean almost verbatim some of the same words that were spoken in the Sunday school class. And I said, man, that's the same stuff. We were saying it. And a scripture base was totally different. But we said the same thing. I said, that's the Holy Spirit. That's just him. There's a reason we're being reminded of certain things or certain things he wants us to get. And so I was, when Pastor called me and he's like, hey, I'm sorry. I know it's totally last minute, but can you, can you take the service tonight? He's like, I know it's last minute. I was like, it's okay. I've got some things I want to say. I'm excited, actually, because I wanted to get this off my chest and say some things because these are some things I think that are really important. So actually, I want to start with a framework. Let's start in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look at the model of prayer. You guys know that? Jesus said, I've given a model of prayer. The disciples asked him, he said, teach us how to pray. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to show you how to pray. Now, we obviously know that this is a, a, like a highlight reel of the things that ought to be in our prayers. Things that we should really focus on. The thing to remember about the model of prayer is that it was Jesus who gave it. Mm -hmm. That's probably the most important aspect of it. It's like, okay, there's things that, the, I believe the whole Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. It's directly from God the Father down to his people. Here's my word. But when I seen this, this is directly from Christ. He was teaching this while he was on earth. He said, hey, this is how this is done. This is how this works. Teach me how to pray. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll teach you how to pray. So he said this in uh, chapter 6, verse 7. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But uh, be not you therefore like unto them. For your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. Now this is, this is very revealing. Why? It's because Jesus is telling us. He said, he already knows what you're going to ask before you ask him. Think, is that really true? Well, one of the Trinity said it. So yes, <laughs> it's true. 
He knows what you ask before you're going to ask it. So he's, he's like, all right, let's get some framework here. Don't be like the heathen. Don't, don't think that you're going to be heard from your repetition. Now, the reason he said that was because in that day, they would just keep repeating the same phrase over and over and over and over again. And Father, forgive me, Father, forgive me, Father, forgive me, Father, forgive me. It was just re repetition. And he said, don't think that that's what's going to be the key. The key is that he already knows what you're going to ask. Ask it. Get, it. get it out there. Say it. Let's keep moving. After this manner, therefore, pray you. Okay, here it is. He's, gonna, he's laying the framework. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy. Holy, right? We know that. Holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. We were just talking about the scripture the other day. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I was thinking about that. And, and then I looked at and I noticed... There was a, a part here, and this is the part that the Lord keyed in on. In the framework, he says, give us this day our daily bread, provide our needs to us, and forgive us our debts. And debts is actually translated here as trespasses. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive the people who have trespassed against us. Verse 14 says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The magnitude of that scripture finally hit me. And, I, and it just, I had to, I've been thinking about this for days. I've been meditating on the fact that I could be cheated out of my spot in heaven simply because I couldn't get past a grudge. And, and instead of instead of thinking it was like a hot button topic and being like man that's good that's good stuff I didn't do that I let it digest for a while and the more I thought about it the more it disturbed me because what I got to really thinking about was how, how often I have become so accustomed to putting people where they are at in my life that if I don't like what somebody says to me, I have a special place for them. Can anybody say amen to that? I don't like that. I'm going to put you right here. And what I found, me, what I found is, is that that is a form of unforgiveness. And I found that I was growing accustomed to it. Not only that, but I had a list of people that I had put in this box. And even though I might have dressed it up, Pastor said this the other day, man, this is good stuff. He said, we've dressed up a lot of the things that are sin with fancier words. And so we don't really have it, we don't call it unforgiveness anymore. We don't call it a grudge. We have this idea that that's where they belong. Because you've offended me, you belong on the back burner. Which means what? Well, it can mean a lot of things. It can mean that I'm not talking to you today. It means that you're not talking to me, and guess what? I'm okay with that. And there's something about the flesh. This is what really got me. There's something about the flesh. The flesh, 
that actually thrives off of these type of situations, which is deceptive because it feels like you're doing the right thing by putting people on the back burner. It's like, but you've, you've offended me. You deserve my cold shoulder. You deserve for me not to talk to you. I had a situation arise just recently, which is one of the reasons that this got brought up in my own spirit. And I don't even remember what the whole thing was, but it was, it, what it done was it come down to a text message between me and another individual. A conversation out. I didn't like the way the conversation went. So what, I'm just being frankly honest with you. I just decided not to respond. Now, you can call it whatever you want. You, we can dress it up with all kinds of words. We can do whatever we want. At that moment, I grabbed a hold of it. I grabbed a hold of unforgiveness and I didn't want to let it go. I was like, huh, I got this thing right here, and I'm not gonna to respond to you because you've offended me. Therefore, we're just gonna leave it like that. And God began to deal with me. He began to begin deal with me, and he didn't show it to me like this. He began, it started with heaven and hell, is what it started with. It started with that. It started with you know, how easy and, or hard is it to get into heaven. And he began to show me these type of scriptures. It's like, but there's a lot of people that are running around with unforgiveness. Still believing that God is, you know, hey, God's on the throne. God's great. He's merciful. He loves me. I love him. But it says right here in Christ's model for a prayer. And it ends with like an exclamation mark. Because, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but he talks about a couple things here. But he kind of ends on a high note. Of forgiveness he's like emphasizing it because and I'm just gonna kind of fumble through it here you know provide our needs our bread forgive us our debts as we forgive those lead us not in temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen but it's almost like he says in 14 hold on a second I'd like to take you back for just a minute and talk to you about something and what does he talk about the forgiveness issue and that it, I don't want to say I'm careful. I don't want to say I hurt my feelings. I guess I hurt my own feelings. But I would say I, it was kind of like a realization. Wait a second. I think I have been playing around with <coughs> the power to forgive somebody. I think I've been playing with it. Yeah, I don't think I'll forgive you today. I don't think I'm going to speak to you. I don't. I don't think you deserve my attention. And I'm going to hold it like this until you know it. That's unforgiveness. And so this is kind of what happened. I got to really thinking about what would happen, though, if I died like this. That's what really hit me. What would happen if I died like this? If I died in this state, at that state, right then and there, if I died like that, would he be okay with that? If it's here, and, and, if, the, and if the Bible is going to be the model for the way that we're judged how can I dismiss that? How can I dismiss it and think that the gates are just going to fly open wide, but while I was down here, I categorized everybody I didn't like and everybody that offended me, and I put them in a special spot, and I said, that's where you're going to be until you treat me better. And that's unforgiveness. By definition, it's unforgiveness. We can't fancy it up. We can't fancy it up any better. And what you and I 
have an opportunity to do is would could we could we agree and say that we have a lot of opportunity to witness and bless people throughout the day across a lot of paths it's actually the same way reverse too you got the same opportunity to take offense and hold unforgiveness same opportunity it just depends on which one you take never quite looked at it that way before but the opportunity is the same across the board you can it can be a day of blessing and it's all good and you witness and you forgive or it can be reversed and people can offend you and you can take it personal and maybe you're sitting here and maybe you've already realized that then maybe you take it a little more personal than most people and and that's that's the thing I want to key in on is because it also is going to kind of depend on your personality if some of us just have a personality where it's just like I'm gonna write you off there it is okay you go over here I don't I'm not messing with you anymore <laughs> so here we've got this model prayer right we've got this model prayer and he says for if you forgive men their trespasses your Heavenly Father will also forgive you so forgiveness is contingent it really is contingent on whether you forgive or not now that is a whole different ballgame because often I mean I'll tell you what I've done I just unpack them I take forgiveness and I put it over here I don't even think about whether I've forgiven people or not I just am happy about the fact that my father forgives me which is a good thing to be excited about but if you realize that the two go hand in hand and you hadn't been doing your half of it that should make us a bit uneasy because then that makes me wonder if this whole thing wraps up and he makes his return and I stand before him a just God now if I say that too much it'll just bring me to tears because he is a just God he's a just God he's going to do what is right according to his word so you understand now I just start when I started seeing the scriptures and started every morning and going throughout my day so only this stuff is just there and it's like rolling around and I'm like oh okay you know I thought man you think you're in good shape <laughs> you think you're in good shape until you start seeing scripture and you're like okay I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little off base and then another day okay I'm a little bit farther off base than I was thinking because people start coming into my head the Holy Spirit starts showing me things that I've taken to my heart I said that at the beginning you understand that's where you're taking it right I it believe it or not it doesn't matter if you smile at them doesn't matter doesn't matter if you shake their hand or even hug their neck even tell you that you that you love them doesn't matter what matters is is what you're holding in here and that's the thing that God is going to judge he's going to look at the heart he's going to look at that and he's, he's gonna say well it looks as though you did a really good job on the outside you hugged him you loved on him but your heart was corrupt it's black with with envy or jealousy or hate or anger you had a problem and you never resolved it you left it I don't know how the conversations gonna go I'm not God I just know that these type of things shake me up looking at not the possibility the inevitability of standing before just God and what's the conversation gonna sound like 
it's going to come down to the model prayer and, and how we, when we were in our prayer life, how we handled our prayers responsibly. Have you ever, just, I'm just throwing this out there, just a quick question. Have you ever been in prayer before and God brings somebody to your mind that you dealt with that day? Did it happen to you other than me? And just, they'll bring it to you. Maybe it was an occurrence, one occurrence. And it's like the Holy Spirit's like, you know, you could have done better. Right? You ever get that? It's like, <laughs> the king is like every day. <laughs> but, you know, that's, but that's, I think that's everybody too, King. And I think, I appreciate your honesty because I think that's all of us. I think we're all in that same situation. And I think there's a lot riding on our relationships with other people than we, than we fully understand and grasp. I don't think we fully get that. Because you think about, think about your, think about your family, okay? Let's just probe a little bit. Think about your family. You think about all the relationships you have, brothers, sisters, all of those. Now, those people are in a, like another category because they're family. And we sometimes have a tendency to not forgive them as easily as we do anyone else because they're family, right? You know, they're okay with me not forgiving them. <laughs> they're okay. We, we fight sometimes. We fight. Okay, I get family too. I'm with you. But what are we holding inside here? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I stand before him if he says, well, because it was your sister, it was okay. I don't know. Because it was your uncle, no big deal. We'll give you a pass on that. I know y'all loved each other. I don't know. Okay, coworkers. Think about your coworkers, all right? Think about the people that are around you. Think about the people that you pass by every day, maybe people that you only have phone relationships with. Um, think about, okay, here's a good one. Think about people's posts on social media and the way you perceive that individual by the post that they make. Is it possible? And so I'm just asking if it's possible. I didn't say if it was. Is it possible to develop a grudge and hold something against someone by something they posted? I think it's possible. He's checking it out. He's like, I want to go up there. So it's possible. So I'm, I'm just probing here because there's, we got, remember, relationships are strode clean across this thing, and there's a ton of them that we're, ha we're going to have to, we're going to have to look at and consider how we're treating people from the heart. And I didn't necessarily mean, like I said, am I going to Stoney and shaking his hand? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I didn't talk about whether you talked to him within the last week or not. Are we holding something inside that's against them? Are we holding in something inside that could secretly cheat us out of our place in heaven? That could sneak up on us. He comes back, twinkling of an eye, right? Comes back, twinkling of an eye, boom, Jesus is here. He's here. And we're standing before him. What's the conversation going to be like? <coughs> Let's, let's just keep moving. Okay, so what I want to do, let's jump. Let's jump over to Mark. It's basically the same example, but I just want to look at it in Mark. Uh, Mark chapter 11, and then we'll get into another scripture uh, also. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. 
For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that these those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. How many of you have quoted this scripture before? Verse 23. I love this scripture. I have fed off of verse 23 often. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. All right. So Mark 11, 23, 24 is verses that I've memorized before, and I've used those often because verse 23 is saying, verse 24 is praying. You understand the difference? Verse 23 is, is about the power of speaking words and the power of, of using correct words to grab something and to lay hold of it spiritually. And verse 24 is talking about your petition, the part of you that's a petitioning. And so it, it talks about the authority in verse 23, which is the authority to, to uh, say into a mountain, which is basically symbolic of something large in your life, right? Would you say that's quite a bit of authority? There's a lot of authority to say to the mountain, be removed, and it has to listen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's awesome. It has to listen because of the authority that God is giving you. It says, cast in the sea, not doubt, but shall believe that those things which he says, remember saying, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. That's a very powerful thing. That's the power of responsibility in the words we speak. I was listening to Perry Stone the other day, and he said, um, what was it? How did he say? There's two things that we'll be judged for. Um, idle words and uh, works. The, the idle words and works. The believer. Two, those two things. And, and, and I was thinking about that when I read 23 because you'll be judged according to the words that you say. So there's a lot of... If, if you're going to be judged according to the words that you've said, would you say that you probably got a lot of power in what you say? Why would he be bringing it into the picture if he hadn't put something major in it for you to possess? Well, that's pretty powerful. Okay, so verse 23 is saying, verse 24 is praying, and then 25 and 26, though, I should have memorized these because it wraps it all up. And when you stand praying, he just got out of talking about praying, right? He said you could have whatever you prayed for. If you believed it, whatever you say, you can have it. But when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. That, that stuff shakes you. That's some shaking scriptures that I have been pondering this week that have uh, opened my eyes to to go about things a bit differently. And if you, and there's such a, think about this. Think about the model of prayer. Remember when he started forgiving the people who trespassed against you. He said that in prayer. But then, and then he also says it right here. When you stand praying, when you're praying, forgive. So obviously, to some extent, it's a part or supposed to be a part of our prayer life is probing people who have done us wrong and forgiving them while we're in prayer it's right here it's actually in two sections it's in the model of the prayer and then it's also right here where he says oh so when you're praying when you stand praying forgive that's like well i this is the first thing i thought about well what if you're not thinking of 
those people when you're praying. No wonder the Holy Spirit keeps bringing it back to me. He's like, you're supposed to be thinking about this throughout the day. What happened today? Did we have any offenses? Did we take anything to heart? Were we offended today by somebody or something? I truly believe that offenses mount. I believe it. I believe that you can get lost in offenses. Lost. And what I mean by that is, I don't know why I feel this way towards you. I don't know where it started, but I don't like you. That's a ball started rolling somewhere. And, and truly, I'm just looking at scripture. I think it started somewhere where we weren't praying and forgiving while we were in prayer. We were busy praying about money or God meet my needs, take care of me. There's nothing wrong with that. But we've already given two examples here that prayer should be laced with forgiving other people. And so what that did, it did immediately was that reshaped my prayers. Okay, I need, to, I need to reshape my prayers a bit here. So when I'm praying, I'm going to let some things go. I'm going to let some things go. Father, I forgive them. I forgive. I forgive that person today. I forgive them. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that go. Now let me tell you something. This is what I found about forgiveness. Once you forgive somebody, the enemy is going to do whatever he can to get you to pick up unforgiveness again, even over the same individual in the same situation. You might have to forgive the same person five times in a week. And the reason I'm telling you that is because the heart is peculiar about the way it harbors things. You'll say, I forgive you, it's gone, you'll cry some tears, you'll worship the Lord, and the next day, you'll pick it right back up again and you'll be have forget unforgiveness again. But you'll be like, I'm cool though, right? I'm good. I, I don't got no unforgiveness. I said that last night. No. Because if, if you have picked it up again in your heart, then forgiveness needs to be given again. And again. And again, until we learn not to hold those grudges. I believe that this is, this is a discipline and an exercise that needs to be done in the spirit realm to keep people, God's people, from missing out on their eternal reward. Because I'm thinking, all right, well, just let's, I don't know if this is the way it works out exactly, but let's entertain this. You hold a grudge. One year ago, you held a grudge. And you've been praying for forgiveness and praying for forgiveness and praying for forgiveness, but you've been holding a grudge. Now, God's word tells me that if I don't forgive, he ain't forgiven me. So I got a year's worth of stuff that's been I've been holding in the back. And God's like, I'm still waiting. I'm waiting on you to forgive. You know you need to forgive. I'm waiting. And when you forgive, that I'll forgive you. I can't dress it up any, any different, church. I can't. That's exactly what the scripture tells me. I'd like to even, I'd like to claim ignorance. I didn't know. Can't do it. I can't do it. He's not going to let me do it because I'm not ignorant. I know. If I am harboring something against somebody, I got to get it out of the way because he ain't forgiven me. And how can I, how can I, how can you, how can we be truly free? How can we be truly free if we cannot forgive? And then on top of that, I think that not just saying forgive, but I want to take it a step further because the scripture indicates something here. 
the spiritual skill of forgiveness. Because I believe it's something you have to develop. I don't believe you just walk in and say, all right, I'm just going to let all that go. Some, some of you in here have dealt with people, maybe even family, for years and years and years and years and years. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're going to be able to unload some of that baggage in one prayer. I'm going to tell you that it, I understand that some of those things are processes. God understands that. He understands that. It's, it's realizing it's there that I think is the key. It's like, I've got something, and I've got to offload this thing. But it's like, if I was to talk to you, you would say, but Tanner, they hurt me. You don't have any idea what they did to me. You don't have any idea about the stuff that I had to go through and the, the agony and the things they said to me. No, I don't. I don't. And I'm not going to even, I'm not going to sell you short and pretend like it doesn't exist. I know it exists. But you have to recognize that it's there in order to begin the process of getting it taken care of. I say that it's one of the things that sneak up on you because that's the thing that was really I was really meditating on the last couple of days because I think this is something that I don't think a lot of Christians are bargaining for when they talk about standing before the Lord because I know he's I know his forgiveness is true I know what the cross did I know that I, I totally get that it's not that that I'm worried about it's not it's not that I don't believe in the cross I believe in the cross so much to the point when I see him tell me in his word that if I don't forgive people, he ain't forgiven me. That worries me. That's how much I believe the cross. And if you're a cross believer, then that should worry you too. This should be something that we think about. And I'm not saying that anybody in here is harboring unforgiveness. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this should be something that we should be alerted to and be aware of, and make sure our lamps are ready, full of oil, trimmed, and ready for the return of the Lord. This thing right here, I believe, is going to get some people. I believe it's going to be the thing that cheats some people out of heaven. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's an indication, but I wonder sometimes when he said, "Depart from me, I never knew you." That if he, what sense he actually means that in? Do you mean you mean like from this point forward, or do you really mean like I, I don't even know who you are? You've been talking to me, but I ain't been hearing nothing. I don't even know you. Who are you? That bothers my spirit, that he could say that to me. Can you imagine the expectation of some people? We're going to heaven. And then to stand before the king and for him to say, I don't even know who you are. I definitely don't want it to be this right here. Okay, one more, one more set of scriptures here and we're going to close. Uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at... Um, Hold on a second here. Go to chapter 4. Let me see where I want to read from. Okay, let's start in verse uh, 27. That'd be good. Go back up to 26. Yeah, let's do that. 26 on. All right. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Okay? So what he's talking about here 
is that we obviously know that sometimes we get angry, right? <laughs> but if you notice, he takes anger and he puts it within, I'm not saying he necessarily is putting it in within a time frame of the day per se, as much as he's saying, do not allow that to live inside of you for very long at all. Don't allow that. And so he said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. And I've talked about this before. The word place is tapos in the Greek, which actually means sheath, like a knife, where you, put a, where you put a knife. That's what place means. Neither give place to the devil. If you think about a sheath, a sheath is a small area that you can insert a knife. Some people have a sheath installed in them spiritually. And every time the devil wants to do them a deed, he just goes up and he slips the knife inside the sheath and it causes them pain. That's what that word means. Tapos. Neither give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good. People need to hear that scripture today. <laughs> that he may have to give to him who needs. Working is good. And let no corrupt communication Communication means, uh, in the Greek, that's logos. And the word logos is thoughts and reasonings. Your thinking and your reasoning. Let no corrupt uh, uh, thinking or reasoning proceed out of your mouth. That's funny because where does where, what comes out of your mouth is usually pondered up here first, right? you got to process it, and then you spit it out. And I love that because if you look that up in the Greek, you finally you see the, the chain reaction. He gets it. Don't let your thoughts and your reasoning become corrupt because that's what's eventually going to come out. But that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace to the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit. Here's the, this, is, this is where it comes down, serious business. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be you kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So we've been called to be forgivers because we were forgiven. That's what it is. That's what comes down to the responsibility. It's like, what did? why should I forgive them? <laughs> well, the reason you should forgive them is because you were forgiven for all your garbage. Were you and I not forgiven for some serious garbage? I mean, I was forgiven by, for some garbage. And so the way that God puts it out there and he weighs it, he's, he says, I need you to forgive because I forgave you. That's why. You're forgiving because I forgave you. And I think that as I look at the scriptures, if I can't properly forgive somebody, then I don't know if I fully understand the forgiveness that I've been given. I don't think I fully get it, what God did for me, if I can't forgive someone else. Because the power of forgiveness is, is a very powerful thing. You think about how much freedom is in forgiveness. Think about how celebratory it, it, it makes us when we know that we've been forgiven of our sins and we're getting a trip to heaven. It's great, right? And so all he's saying is, he's saying, I'm now I'm giving you that ability. I'm putting it in your life. It's yours now. Here's the responsibility. And it is, church. The, the Bible said it. He said, too much is given, much is required. You were given a ton when you were given the ability to forgive people. And, and that's the way 
that he expects it to be. He said, if you're going to be my child, then you're going to let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, you're going to put that away from you. And he said, I want you to be kind to one another. And that doesn't mean just to your face. That also means kind to people in private. Because I don't think, I, I personally don't think grudges necessarily always come face to face. I don't think that's where it always happens. Sometimes I think, sometimes we get a grudge against somebody because we get to thinking. We'll just be at the house thinking about them. And be like, I didn't like that shirt they wore. I can't believe they wore that. Or I don't like that about them. And then you get to dwelling on it. What happens when you dwell on it? Seeds start to get planted, and then the enemy, who knows, he's been dealing with people like us for centuries. He starts firing the fiery darts. Yep. Rubbing that salt in, he's like, oh yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't like them. They're no good. And all the time, and and, and this is what really gets me about even the prospect of unforgiveness forgiveness doesn't even care who you are unforgiveness I'm sorry unforgiveness doesn't even care who you are it doesn't even care if you're a brother or sister of the church they don't care I just don't like you so I'm going to close with that there's been a lot of information just a lot of stuff put out there uh, thought provoking is what the purpose of this message was thought provoking uh, to make us think and to make us probe our spirits and to really consider the condition of our heart in the way of forgiveness. And whether we are truly forgiving people for what they've done for to us, or if we if we come up with a way that we kind of mask it, maybe coming up with uh, uh, a ways to make us feel better about feeling those ways towards people. I don't I don't think that those are things that God is is okay with according to his word. According to his word. So I'll leave you with that tonight. Check your spirits. When you go home tonight and you pray, like the Bible said, if you, when you pray, forgive. Forgive. And I'm, not, I'm not asking you to do anything here. I'm asking you to work that up between you and God. Because this is not something we're just going to start with. This is something we exercise every day in our prayer life. Forgiving other people. Letting things go. And not holding anything inside. It's good for me. I hope it's good for you too. Would you stand Continue to pray for Sister Judy, dealing with uh, been. I would say she's been at pain level eleven lately. Um, it's been very difficult for her. Hold her up in prayer. She needs a lot of relief from pain. Uh, she appreciates all the prayers. They covet your prayers very much. Uh, any announcements or anything? Okay. Sunday morning, y'all be primed and ready. Second Worship the Lord. Second Saturday, absolutely great opportunity for the kids. Glad we're having that. Okay, with all those things said, I'm going to dismiss in prayer. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you, God, for speaking to us, Lord. God, we desire to hear from you. Lord, help us to not shun you or to shun your word or to shun your truths. Father, help us to, to meditate on them and to digest them, even if they disturb us, even if they, if they upset uh, the, our lifestyles. Father, help us to, to see it from your point of view and your way, Father. It's your way or no way. God, I pray for this tonight, for this congregation. I pray for this, Father God, for your children, your people, Lord. I pray, God, that this is not the only place that this is being talked about. I pray that it's being talked about all over, Lord. God, as, as your return is soon coming, help us to be prepared by forgiveness 
of other people in kindness to your children and to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you.